Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. But first, Gail got in contact. Gail, why did you get in touch today? So um, I am at home full time, 24-7 with my son, who is profoundly autistic and he's 21. And he is self-harming and in a very regressed state the last um, couple of years, particularly gone downhill since COVID, you know. Um, home with me as a result of that needs one-to-one care all the time you know the same person with him to help him needs serious behavioral intervention but just to give you um so we're really struggling we're in crisis there's no way to live there's no way to attend appointments medical for myself and i do have medical needs he's only given respite um every 14 days Currently, it's a Friday and Saturday evening, and it's only evening. They won't take him early in the day. So that's the difficulty I've had for the last year, particularly particularly bad. But my mom has had dementia for the last seven years. She's mm-hmm. been in the nursing home um, because my brothers couldn't care for her. And I wasn't even asked, but they presumed I couldn't care for her because naturally I'm caring full time for my son. Yeah. Um, my mum was reportedly kind of in hospice care for the last six months. We've been on warning, you know, five or six months that the next call maybe could be, she could be gone. You know, we were warned. And I'd ask the HSE, could I have support across the week? Because particularly with mum, I, w- I really needed to see her as we knew we were losing her. Um, and it was denied. Nothing was given to me. But um, my mum passed away on the 23rd. I received a call to say that mum had passed. Um, there was a COVID outbreak in, in, believe it or not, in the nursing home. Um, and I was advised by my own brothers not to go in. But um, I, I was on a few days respite. I'd been given, you know, the, the week respite on top of my normal weekend every fortnight. And I was hoping in my heart that she would be buried by the time my son would be back on Sunday. Um, Sorry, Gail, can I just but, cut across you for a moment? You're talking about course. the 23rd of last month of August. As in less than oh, two weeks ago? Yeah, just gone, just gone. Mum was buried eight days ago. Oh, Gail, I'm so there. sorry to hear that. I'm I didn't realise it was well, so I don't soon. I my voice, I'm going to compose myself. No, you're okay. Um, so, Actually, you're okay. Um, so my mum passed away on the 23rd, which is her, her, the end of her, a month after her 91st birthday, I believe, 91, she was. And um, she had battled breast cancer and everything and bounced back from it. So it was pretty horrific. Um, so I feel I lost her a long time ago, but of course I needed to bury my mum and I hadn't been able to be the daughter I should have been for the last year and a half in visiting her and since COVID because of my son's full-time needs and the lack of care for him. And there is nobody else, you know. So mum died on the 23rd and my son was away and unfortunately the paperwork was not able to be completed and she was, I found out on Friday, to be buried on Monday, the 28th, just last week. I, I'm losing track of the days, just last week. On the Friday when I heard, I contacted um, the service provider on where Luca was, which was he was away, and they're racing Kilkenny, and I contacted the HSC. I had them contacted for me and explained the circumstances and asked if I could have the cover to go to my mother's funeral because there is no way you could take my son out in a car. I take him in the car, but I can't take him out the other side. You know, I can't get him out of the car. If he leaves the house, he's pumping his head and drawing blood and bashing himself. It's quite disturbing. So there's no fit position that I could take my son anywhere. Okay. Um, because he's regressed so far through lack of services. 
So I asked for that and I waited a while and then I got a message back to say, um, sorry for your loss, but we cannot um, help you. There's nobody available. So what happened, Gil? Um, my son, my son and I, till the last minute, we were, we were dressed, and there was no way I could leave the house with my son, and I had no help. I have nobody else taking care of my son. I don't have any um, other. I don't have any sisters. I have three grieving brothers, you know, severely grieving brothers, and one brother abroad also grieving, and my own one of my own sons was was abroad. Um, so who doesn't live with me? But the reality was there was nobody. I had nobody. And it's not like you could leave him with a stranger or pay somebody to sit with him. That's not been a possibility for quite some time because he's been so bad at self-harming and the unpredictability of his mm. condition requires that he's with people that know him very well. So you didn't and, get you to know, go, Gail, to your own I mother's refused, funeral? Refused. And so my son and I had to eventually found it online and had to watch it. My father couldn't attend, so he was in the nursing home because he was cited as too ill. He's not expected to go on much longer, and I don't think he will because I've seen how he is. He was so ill he couldn't attend Mom's funeral either. So her only daughter was absent from her own mother's funeral because I went to see my mom laid out in the in the funeral parlour on the Saturday. I brought my flowers. And I spoke to my mum and told her what was happening and told her to please ask for help for me. I spoke to mum. I can imagine my mum would have said, don't mind them, it'll be okay. I had to do it all alone. I had no support. I had nobody. And I'm devastated. And I just think there's other people who've been forced miss their own parents' funeral. It's absolutely shocking, Gail. I just, I, I just really want feel... I people to know what's going on because I, I think it's appalling. I think that the failure, the, the HSE's missionary statement, you can see it up online. I could nearly load it and read it to you, but you could see for yourself yeah. is that people are, I will find that they are offered support and they're not. They're not. It's non-existent. When you explained the situation to the HSE and told them that your mother was very unwell, that she was likely to pass away, then when she did pass away and nobody was going to be available to come in, to step in and and offer you some respite to care for your son, to allow you to attend your mum's funeral. I mean... No. No, they didn't. No. They made no change, no, nothing was given the whole time that I, I had said that she, my mom is dying and I'm concerned that I need to spend some time with her each week. Um, you know, no, nothing was made. And then when she passed, I immediately reached out because Luca was with the service provider, um, a long-standing service provider funded by the HSC, and the response was um, negative, no. They said that the staff couldn't stay on for the extra day and that they themselves weren't available. Gail, I can't even begin to imagine what you must have been I'm going still, through. I'm very numb. Um, I've become numb over the last year because of the unfair treatment of my son and just the pure inhumane treatment. Um, but I kind of... Um, I am numb. I think I'm in shock. I think I'm still 
I'm greeting my mom on different yeah. days and different hours of the day. I feel different. Um, so I'm, I think I'm trying to process everything, but it's really made me feel that like there's very few good people left in the world because I think that's quite inhumane. It's not to allow real. somebody to attend their parents' oh, funeral. It's no... so little to ask for out of a 24-7 caring situation when there is nobody else. And the HSE are long aware of my son's situation. He's quite well-known case in the HSE, you know, because he's received very little um, and has regressed dramatically when he doesn't get what he needs, you know. So they're well aware of his case and they're well aware of our circumstances. Um but no, the service provider said that they they uh, they they contacted the HSE, and I had had a, a mail sent to the HSE as well, requesting the same. Um, but the response back was nobody available. That's just not right, Gil. It, so that's what I'm saying. This it's is my point right. to the country, to people. Are we all okay with this? That this is what one can expect. Is this okay? I I don't feel it's okay. I don't feel that my son is cherished or we are cherished in society. I don't think that we're even respected as carers. I think we're shoved in the corner. We have to be quiet. We're, we're given pittance to support us when we can't have a life. And very many of us carers cannot work. We are doing it full time. And then there's the unfortunate people like me who may be doing it totally alone, totally alone. Um, and they will get ill. They're not robots. Like myself, I've had some very serious bouts of illness and I haven't been able to attend them. And I'm, I'm notorious for having the hospital report to my doctor. She, she wasn't able to attend her appointment. And it's because I'm caring for my son. I'm putting him first. I can't leave him on his own. He's 21, but he's a totally vulnerable adult who has to be supervised at all times by somebody he knows. And he needs round-the-clock care. He can get up in the night and you know, wander or get into mischief. So three, four hours, four and a half hours is a good night's sleep for me if it's uninterrupted. Most times it's interrupted. Most times he's roaring maybe at one in the morning, you know, and you're trying to keep him quiet because there's neighbours. Or he's roaring at 6 a.m. or 5.30 when he wakes up. You know, it's full-on job. It's like the hardest job in the world, but it's not recognised. And, you know, we, we have to fight to get maybe the week off you can't plan. Mine is not allowed to be planned from one end of the year. I'll give you an example. I was asked in maybe July or June, when would I like to take my holiday respite? And I said the first two weeks in September. And I heard nothing. And it was, I have some friends in the UK. I could have gone over and joined on a plan, you know, mm. which wouldn't cost me very much for that time who would have been off work. And I thought that was happening, and then I heard nothing. And then I got told by the service provider that I could take, and the dates were given to me, I wasn't consulted, I could take the following 10 days after those two weeks. And what you know? happens your your son? No consultation to me, so no holiday. And then my mum, of course, passed away in that week. You're not given, you're not afforded or respected like anybody else. You're expected to just, I know it's your loved one, you're expected to work around the clock. And just do it. And we, as I said earlier, we cannot get out and march um, like the pensioners did to make a difference because most of us carers are tied to 
a child or adult or a person or loved one mm. who needs that care. You may need a toilet. There might be toileting issues. We couldn't be in the street marching when our loved one might need, need a toilet. There's all sorts of demands. Autism is very unpredictable. It's very challenging, very challenging and very socially isolating. Um, of course, you're protecting your loved one from people seeing him. But I know, I'm sure my neighbours have seen my son at the doorstep punching lumps out of his head as I try to open the door with him and oh, get back into the house. And, you know, I'm, I can't take a shower on my own. I have to have the door open so that my son is nearby. He can't be away from me. He wants to see what I'm doing. And if I leave him alone, he might get up to mischief. You know, there's all sorts of... Um, it's just full on. It's full, full on. And I am in burnout reported by my doctor for quite some time now. I've been in burnout Actually, I think over a year she's reporting that and seeking um, support and, and warning the HSE that she's afraid her client would end up um, needing care herself, which is my worst fear, of course. Of course. Because if you don't get rest and you don't get, you know, I mean, sleep deprivation is a form of torture, really. They use it in the war. Um, so the reality of it is you don't function on your full barrels if you're not getting proper sleep, you're not getting rest, you're not getting some mm. proper annual leave away from what you're doing. You know, it's very, very hard on the of system, course on is. the body, on the physical. And then you're the in the background of all of that, then, you know, your own mum being unwell and, and her deteriorating. And I'm not well. No, I'm not being well for quite some time. I'm really not well. You know? Oh, Gail, there's something wrong. There's something completely wrong. And I will tell you, Andrea, my respites consist of 3 p.m. on a Friday to 6 p.m. on a Sunday. I'm supposed to be entitled to three day respites, but. They've not been given to me all this year. Neither have I um, had a bank holiday all of this year. But have you been told why that is? Last Christmas. Have you at any point, Gail, been told why that is? No. No, nobody has ever contacted you to say, Gail, you're not getting... We're not doing the bank holidays anymore. And we used to get them. We used to get them. We used to be asked if we want the extra day. But no, I've not been told. They've just all been withdrawn. It seems like it's just been... Life has been made as hard as possible. And there's no end to it. And I worry for my son because, you know, autism untreated. He needs to go somewhere every morning where he knows he has a one-to-one worker when he's away from me. That's what worked in the past. He progressed hugely when that was happening. Now my son is back to, and it saddens me to say, babbling. Turned a 21-year-old man, babbling. Went from being a highly active young man who hiked and climbed and rode horses and everything, very physically active, to a guy who they couldn't get out of the back of a bus to walk him, and he piled on the weight. They couldn't, they wouldn't take him swimming anymore. They made excuse after excuse after excuse. He loves to swim. If something upsets him and it's unpredictable, it could happen in a split of a second. And he'd draw blood out of his arms or skin. This is a new thing that's happened in the last few months. If I tried to intervene, I could get hurt. And I have got hurt quite a few times. This is how we operate, Andre, and nobody would believe it. To get shopping. I drive to the disability parking nearest to the door of wherever I have to enter, usually somewhere I know and somewhere they know of. Run in, grab a few items, and run back to him in the car. And I have to do that several times, obviously, to get what we need or order online. 
that's our life. That's just what we do. Yeah, and it's just, just how we leave the house. It's, uh, it's incredible listening There's to no you. There's no purpose to our life, neither his nor mine, which if I collapsed in here, if I was to fall and hit my head, and I have done, but if I was to be knocked out, God forbid, where would my son be? He would be in here till two weeks' time when the carers would show up to take him for his nightly respite and perhaps not get an answer at the door. And what would he have done in that two weeks? I oh, know. Gail, I, I just, my ha- I'm absolutely heartbroken listening to you today describe, you know, your situation. I thank you for your time and I just hope it will... Not at all. Hopefully if, if we share and if we talk about it, maybe, maybe somewhere something will change. I'm really sorry about your mum, Gail. As no. I can only imagine you haven't even started to... I haven't even been grieve. I haven't even been to the grave and I haven't I haven't really. I'm not dealing with that and I need to go into my dad now more because I know he will I know he won't be there much longer. He's and the HSE are aware of your, your dad's prognosis yeah, as well. Yeah. They've been made aware of it, yeah. Been, I just hope you don't ever I just find want yourself. To know if there's other people have experienced not being allowed to go to their Loved ones, funerals, well, no yeah, care. What would happen? He's a 21-year-old man in society. Yes, I'm his mum. But God forbid something happens to me or what will happen? You know, what, where are his entitlements as a human being, as a 21-year-old Irish-born citizen in this country? Like, where is his entitlement to get what he needs? He has no voice other than mine. Oh, Gail, my heart goes out to you. I'm absolutely devastated for you listening to you today. Like, you're dealing with an awful lot and I'm I'm sorry for what's happened to you we'll we'll get on to the service providers and and see if if um if there's anything they can do or say or anything they they want to say about what's happened but look after yourself Gail and thank you for sharing your story with us today lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday on news talk I have to say I'm absolutely heartbroken for Gail that I just I just spoke to her there a few moments ago before the break and she's the full-time carer for her 21-year-old son who needs full-time care and her mum who was ill passed away 2 weeks ago and she couldn't get somebody to come in to relieve her to allow her to go to her own mother's funeral and I'm just wondering how do we allow that to happen like, as a prosperous, well-educated, wealthy country, how are we in a situation that we can't help people like Gail? How do we, like, how have we got to a place where carers are not able to get the respite and the care and the relief that they need on a day like their own mother's funeral to be able to leave their house to go to the funeral? Like, she's the carer, the carer of, her, of uh, the full-time carer for her adult son, there's something wrong with the system that we cannot put some kind of a respite or emergency service in place to help people like Gail. I, like, I'm really struck by her story today and a lot of listeners are and a lot of people are getting in touch about it. And it's not right. And I'm not okay with it. And you shouldn't be okay with that, listening to that story today. Because we're actually failing Gail. We're failing other carers like Gail as well. It's not okay and that's not right. And we need to do better to help and to support people like Gail because she said herself, what happens if something happens to her? If she gets ill or she gets sick? I mean, it's an incredible story to listen to Gail's today if you 
didn't get to hear it, you can listen to it. It's it's on the podcast is up. We'll put it up so people can hear it. But you should listen to it because we're letting Gail down and we're letting other carers like her down too. The emails lunchtime live at newstalk.com if you find yourself in a similar situation, if you want to get in touch with us. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.